Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. What are some ways that God has radically transformed your life? Do you have a habit that you used to exercise before knowing Jesus that you've completely reversed? Pastor Jim teaches today that in Jacob's case, he turned his life around from being a taker to being a giver. Whether you become a more generous, more kind, or more thoughtful person, the power of Jesus causes radical transformation in those that welcome Him into their lives. He shapes us to be more like the Father. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of John chapter 1 as he continues his message, Grace That Is Greater Than Our Mistakes. I say to you hereafter, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Not on the ladder, not on the stairway, upon the Son of Man or on the Son of Man. What is Jesus saying? I am the stairway. That's what he's saying. I am the stairway. I am the way you get to heaven. I am the way you get to God. I connect heaven and earth. You come into heaven via me. Let's go back to Jacob, verse 13. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. So what is he saying to him? You're going to live through all this. You're going to live through all this. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread across to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And you and your seed and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Probably a reference to Jesus. He's the blessing. Behold, look, check this out. Okay? And he's going to tell them three things. One, I am with you. I am with you. Don't forget it. No matter where you go in life, no matter where life takes you, do not forget the fact that I am with you. And two, I will keep you wherever you go. Wherever you go, okay, I'm with you. I'm going to protect you. And three, I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. All right? You can count on me to be with you every step of the way until you get everything that has been promised to you. So verse 13 tells us that the Lord stood above it. People debate, is it it over the whole earth? Is it over... The stairway, the ladder, whatever, doesn't matter. The Lord is above it, okay? He sees everything. So do you have anything in your life that doesn't seem to be working right now? Did you have anything in your life that you thought might turn out a, a little bit better or maybe you think God's not working at all? God's like, no, 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 no. I'm working, okay? You don't see it, but I see it. 
okay? So he's above everything. And how gracious the Lord is. I had written Jacob off a long time ago. And before you think I'm too judgmental, I'd have written me off a long time ago. What are you laughing at? I'd have written you off a long time ago, too. (laughs) And you'd have written you off a long time ago, too. Right? That guy? You got to be kidding me. I'm the only guy who, who meets people who I know from my previous life and tell them I'm a pastor and they start crying. Surely there is a God. (laughs) But Jacob has not yet had that real experience, an encounter with God. So the Lord keeps calling him. And maybe that's you. Maybe the Lord is calling and calling and calling. And take it from someone who has been down this road before. You will not win. And it can be very painful if you do not listen to him. In a very real sense, yes, we are all Jacobs. And I know some of you might disagree with that. And if you disagree with that, my question to you is simply this. Are you sure you know the grace of God? Now, you say, well, I haven't done a lot of stuff that Jacob did. I mean, he was, we've already studied him a couple of weeks. The guy was messed up. Okay, the comparison is to God. And people say, I'm a good person, but the comparison is to God. You know, everybody's like, well, I'm not Adolf Hitler. Like, like wow, you've really set the high bar high. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you know, it's like, come on. The comparison is the perfect and holy God. So if you don't, it's possible you don't know the grace of God if you don't see yourself, if you don't see some of of Jacob in you, which if you don't know the grace of God, it means that you don't know God. In fact, you may want to build your own way to heaven. You may be like, I don't like this thing where I got to trust in God and God brings me to heaven and I don't want to do that. Well, people try it. If you're taking notes, go back to Genesis chapter 11. They built this thing called the Tower of Babel. People all throughout the world are searching for security and significance. And those people were too. And they ended up, they failed, they ended up scattered. Why? Because the Lord wasn't in it. That wasn't God's plan. You can try all you want. And some of you probably are doing it or you have. You can try to earn your way to heaven. You can try to work your way to God. But here's my question for you. How good is good enough? Do you set the standard? No. A lot of times you have to take tests for stuff, right? And like, how'd you do on the test? Didn't pass it. Who do they think they are? How, How good is... Good enough. How much is enough that we have to do to earn or or work our way to God? The reality is building or buying the stairway to heaven would be funny 
if it didn't keep people out of heaven. But here we have the Lord's perfect timing. At Jacob's lowest point, God comes to him and says, okay, now you're broken. And now you need a a dose of grace. Now you need my, God says, my unmerited favor. Nothing you did to deserve this. You need to get to the point in time when your life, you're not like, oh, well, of course I deserve this. You got to get to the point in time in your life, well, you know what? I deserve nothing from God. And God says, good, now I'm going to give you everything. Jacob gets the same promise as he's leaving the promised land in failure. He's leaving in a massive failure as Abraham got when he was arriving at the promised land in faith. But they both get grace. Why? Because grace cannot be earned. It can't be earned. Jacob tried to grab it, tried to grab the blessing, and where is he now? Out in the wilderness with the animals. Look where it got him. Look where he is. Grace is a gift from God. We only receive it. There's nothing else we can do. The Lord says, I promise you, make some great promises to him. I promise you there was a place for you. There's a place for you. Do you ever think about that in the next life? There's a place for you. There's a place for you in this life too. You may not like the place, but there's a place for you. He says, there's a, there's a people for you. A family for you. An assembly of people, my family on earth. And he says, and I have a program of blessing for all my people. And it includes my presence and my protection. You see, when the Lord made his promise to Abraham, he was married without children, going into the promised land. Now Jacob's leaving. He's not married. He has no kids, and he's walking in the wrong direction. And he's got nothing going for him. But notice from God, there is no mention in this dream of, well, this is what you get for not trusting me, boy. Nope, none of that. This is what you get for trying to help me. Dressing up like your brother. What is this, Halloween? The Lord doesn't say to him, hey, listen. You've seen in your life with your grandfather and your father taking the Lord, taking the other guy's shortcuts. You see where that gets you, and you did the same thing. Not one mention of that. Not one mention of that. That's the way we are, right? You say to someone, say, I forgive you, I forgive you, just don't do it again. (laughs) You know, I'll forget it, just don't do it again, (laughs) right? Also, notice what he does now. God takes the focus off Jacob receiving the blessing and says to Jacob, it's no longer about you receiving the blessing Jacob, now it's about you being a blessing to the world. Because through your family is going to come the king. 
Verse 16, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome. Some versions say frightening. The old King James says, you know, that's the version Jesus read. Uh, the old King James says, how dreadful is this place? So, so he's getting grace, but he's terrified. He says, there is none other, this is, this is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. It's a great reaction. Then Jacob rose early in the morning, verse 18, and took the stone that he had put, under, put at his head, set it up as a pillar or a marker, and poured oil on top of it. That would be a symbol of a consecration, or this is a holy place. And he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of the city had been Luz previously. In Jacob's life, we see a really important attribute of God. And that's this. You never know where or when he is going to show up. I find he shows up at the strangest moments. I'm like, oh, you're here. I know he's always with me, but sometimes it just seems more noticeable than others. I remember when I was going to come up here, and I was talking with my pastor, and he had actually tried up here too. There's been so many Calvary guys that have tried up here. And, and so he, you know, he said, so you're going up there to Morris County, huh? And I said, yeah. And I was by myself down at a Saturday night service. Pam wasn't with me, and he goes, now you're all going to hate him for this. He goes, those people are really nasty up there. <laughs> I get in my car, I'm driving home, and I'm like, see, Lord, I don't got to go. They're nasty up there. And I don't have too many of these occasions in my life, but it was like Jesus plopped down in this passenger seat. I told him to put his seatbelt on. Uh, <laughs> and he said to me, then I guess you should stand out up there. And I was like, oh, busted. And here we are. Here we are. And so Jacob is, he's there. You never know when God's going to show up. But once Jacob realizes the Lord is there, I mean, verse 16 says he awoke from his sleep, He's afraid and he's overwhelmed. Remember, it's awesome, frightening, dreadful. Why? Because he's standing in the presence of God. And it's a that's a strange feeling. You see, I find that when people talk about God or, or being with God or something like that, I find most people to be, to be too casual and too informal. When people who've really been in the presence of God, it's a very interesting thing because you can hear in their voices, they realize that grace and trembling are actually compatible. <laughs> that somehow, that the, experiencing the grace of God and trembling in his presence, they seem to go together. Jacob realizes he is at the house of God and the gate of heaven. He is at the place where heaven and earth are connected. Perhaps, 
tonight you are at Bethel and you're in a dark place right now. Your life is just in a dark, dark place. And you are, you are waiting for the light. You're waiting to see the gate of heaven. And here it is, after Jacob has been in the darkness, then he sees the Lord. And when he sees the Lord, the light of day returns. And this is something that we get to see all the time. Remember that after a night of darkness, the sun always comes up. The Lord will always come back. He was with you all along, but there's things that you needed to experience to come closer to him. Verse 20 says, then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so if he takes care of me, verse 21, so that I come back to my father's house in peace, and then he gives us part one of the vow, then the Lord shall be my God. Then the second part, and the stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And the third part, and of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. So what happens? The the presence of God and the grace of God brings commitment to God from the people of God. It just does. You know, I mean, that's sometimes people say, you need to be more committed. I, I would say you need to experience God more. That's what makes people committed. Now, this is not Jacob bargaining at the flea market. Okay, he's not like, well, if you do this, I'll do that. He says, okay, if all these things you say come true, okay, this is how I'm going to live the rest of my life. This is how I'm going to live my life. So what is he doing? He's making a vow to the Lord of worship. And one of the ways that he worships will be through generosity. Jacob acknowledges the Lord is worthy of his worship. And all he receives from the Lord, he says, everything I get from you and everything we, get, we have is from the Lord. He says, I will give 10% of it back to you. Now, this is very interesting because this is before the law of Moses and requiring the tithe. He says, I'm going to give you 10% of everything I get back from you. And we look at Jacob and say, Wow, that guy is a schemer. He's a liar. He's all these different things. There's nothing so good about Jacob, but you know what? He's got more faith than a lot of Christians, doesn't he? He's got a lot more faith than a lot of Christians. So that, that like you say, like you're, you're saying, Jacob would say like if he made $1,000, he would give 10% of it, $100 to the work of the Lord. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. What, what, what is that? That is an act of worship. That is an act of worship, and it's also saying, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. And I think, you know, I said to you before, I used to use a lot of drugs, so when somebody explained giving 10% to the Lord, that was like, oh, my drug dealer takes way much more money than that. <laughs> what am I going to do with all that extra money, <laughs> Right? But you will find that you'll be better with money. You'll treat it with more respect. When you see it's the Lord's money, you will treat money with much better respect. Again, this was before the law of Moses. Rather, this is grace giving. 
This is based on the grace of God. So what happened? What was Jacob's life up to now? He was a grabber. But now he says, Lord, because of you and your grace, I'm going to be a giver. Now, God has more work to do in Jacob. And the Holy Spirit will graciously give us a front row seat. But then again, the Lord has a lot of work to do in all of us, doesn't he? And today, Jacob has taken a big step. And the reality is, in this time, tonight, this night he had, he experienced God in a heart that has experienced God, and a heart that has had an encounter with God, a heart that has been touched by God, becomes a generous heart. Worship and generosity go hand in hand. And I'm not trying to get more money out of anybody. I'm just telling you what's right here, what he said. And I'm going to give you the key right now to generosity. This is the key that will unlock it for everybody who it's a big struggle with. See the generosity of Jesus Christ giving his life on the cross for you. Just right now, think about that. That level of generosity. And that will unlock so many things in your life. It won't be about you and your time, you and your money, you and your talents, you and your treasure, you and you and you and you and you. It will be, what can I do for this God who has given everything for me? Imagine God become a man, living a perfect life, dying on the cross in your place for your sins, and then saying to you, listen, I'm the stairway to heaven. Come to me. Come on. Let's go for a walk. Jesus said, narrow is the gate that leads to eternal life, but broad is the road that leads to destruction. And Jesus says, let's walk the steps together. Let's go together. The work has already been done. It's already been built. You, all we got to do is ride on it. That's all we have to do. This is the way the forgiveness of sins and eternal life came to Jacob. It's the way it comes to us as individuals. And it way, it's the way it comes to the church as the bride of Christ. When asked how to get to heaven, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except they go up the stairway to heaven. Oh, the stairway from heaven. That is Jesus Christ. The Bible says that Jesus is the, the one mediator between God and man. So as we close, be honest. Have you seen Jesus? Have you experienced him? Have you had an encounter with him? Can you definitely say that you are aware throughout some of your day, much of your day, that Jesus is with you? Have you experienced grace greater than your mistakes? Grace greater than your sin? If so, you can be confident that you're walking with the Lord. But if you haven't, it's okay. We were there. Most of us were there. It's okay. 
You're not born into the kingdom. You got to come to that place in your, in your heart, in your soul, when you just say to God, you know what? I don't want this life anymore. I'm tired of the darkness. I'm tired of the wilderness. I'm tired of the loneliness. I'm tired of, I'm tired of doing things my way and they keep blowing up or I feel guilty about it. I'm tired of all these things. And I'm going to turn to you, God. The, word, the biblical word is repent. I'm going to turn to you, God. And I'm going to ask for your help to help me with my life. And I'm going to put my trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of my sins. And I'm going to take that walk with him. Because once Jesus returns, guess what? It's too late. Once you die, too late. And you may never feel this way again. Don't let this moment pass. Well, let's pray. Thank you for spending the last half hour with Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to help you deepen your relationship with Christ no matter where you are in your journey. Teaming with Changed by Love financially makes it possible to reach thousands, many more than you and I could reach on our own. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Please consider a generous gift today. Give safely and securely online at changedbyloveradio.org. You'll find our address there too if you'd rather send a check. You can always reach us by phone at 862-217-9686. It takes a team to encourage thousands. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney. changedbyloveradio.org.